want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh shoot! From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. It's Wednesday, it's two o'clock, it's time for some call me Tim. Yes, it is Some Call Me Tim. It is the show at mutinyradio.fm every Wednesday at 2 o'clock where your host, Pam Benjamin, talks with a differing, different person each week about what they believe in, whether it be God, gods, dogs, cats, conspiracy theories, uh, whatever it may be. And today I have a very special guest, Clem. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Clem has a new show starting here at Mutiny Radio on Thursdays. Thursdays, Thursdays 8 to 10. It's 8 to 10. Beyond, Beyond our comprehension. That's yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. So exciting, which is almost what we do on Some Call Me, Call Me Tim. I mean, we're talking about things that are beyond our comprehension. It was so easy to prepare for this. Oh, you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to prepare for Some Call <laughs> exactly, Me Tim. Exactly, I didn't. Prepare. We don't prepare. I don't prepare. Uh, we, just, we just interview. Um, I, I'm so ill-prepared today that I didn't even drag out Jesus. Jesus lives behind. Sparkle Jesus lives right back there. I like Sparkle Jesus. Yeah, who doesn't like I Sparkle Jesus? I do like Jesus? Sparkle Jesus. Um, I ask people to look deep. Well, you're going to look sidelong into his eyes. I am. And I ask, do you believe in Jesus? I, I, I believe that Jesus was a person here on earth. All right. So do you believe he was the son of God? You know, that's difficult because, uh, oh, look, everybody wanted me to just get right to the answer, huh? No, you're going to have to hang out for a little bit with us. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's really difficult because uh, I am a scientist. Ah. So, you know, I, I have the degree in biology with Science. a concentration in biotechnology. And everything and the mentors that I look to, like Feynman and, and a lot of them, uh, they're agnostic, right? You know, they were not, not an authors, but mostly atheists. They don't sure. believe in God at all. But you uh, believe in science. Yeah. Can you call science God? Yeah, I think there is going to be what will uh, equate to like the uh, event horizon when religion and science are intertwined They're, they are actually that's that's what we get to that's it right. there is there is nothing left in that you know is there a scientific explanation for Moses parting the Red Sea 
I believe so. Uh, we all go to the marina and we can see tides go out all the time. Everybody knows what a tsunami is or, you know, uh-huh. you can you can, go, you can turn into a lot of things. So I, I, I believe that there are great fables that are written into many doctrines, you know, and I, I've taken religious classes at Cal State Bakersfield. It was part of our honors course, actually. We had to take a death and dying class Oof. on every part of the major religions that were out there. Uh-huh. And then we, and then we, of course, I, I like nutted that up with, uh, or followed it up with a, uh, women in religion. Ooh. So let me tell you two things. You can know what society and, uh, and everybody is thinking by how a doctrine talks about death and how a doctrine treats their women. Wow. Everything. Everything you need to know about a society is in there. And you know, it's, I don't know. Wow. Well, so. there we, I mean, and look at the Bible. We've got two books, Esther and Ruth. Yeah. In, in, you know, and why, I have a joke about it I do on stage. Why? Esther saved the entire Jewish people. How did she do it? What, was she clever? Was she good at sports? Now, she had a hot rack and didn't look Jewy. Her name was originally Hadassah. And Malachi, her uncle guy, was like, hey, you know, uh, if we change your name to Esther, you don't look Jewy. Let's get you in there. And she was so gorgeous that she became the king's wife and eventually saved the entire Jewish people. Uh, so hot rack didn't look Jewy. Mm. It's good. Thanks, Bible. Better, better look good. Better be pretty. Isn't it easier for everybody in society if they do? As ugly as I am, if I know pretty. it. If oh yeah, pretty people I'm, I'm get ugly a as sin. No, I so you know you what I mean. I, 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 I think that's true. I think it's so so easy to get. Why around. do you shave your head? <sighs> you know, you have all the hair. I have. Uh, you know what? A barber <laughs> told me a female barber, and she was she was Asian. Is that racist if I say Asian? No, no, she's okay. she's Asian. She's she was from, she was yeah she was sure. from Asia. Yeah, you uh, can't I'll, say Oriental because Oriental is a rug or a thing. Okay, but Asian is a. It's the same right, thing as calling you can us be white. Mexican or Caucasian or Asian, right? We all end in I A N. I guess Latino or Latina. I guess they preferred. like to be called Latinx now. You know, my first wife didn't. She was her mother. But was she was, really from Mexico or was no, she from like Dominic, was. the Dominican Republic? No, her mother was from Mexico. If you're from Mexico, you're Mexican. But the problem is that we call people Mexican when they're like from Nicaragua. Yeah, that's true. You know, we're like, yeah. oh, look at the Mexicans. Yeah. And it's like, okay, they're all Salvadorian. Well, we, we call people African American. <laughs> when they're from Africa. That's true, true, too. True people from Africa. That was a joke on Monday night. I just wanted to throw back. Whoever <laughs> said that joke, uh, I can't remember, but uh, that was a good one. Actually, I, I want to get like credit. They're like from Ghana. I can't remember your name, but if you had that written up, that was that was pretty cool. Um, you know what my anthropology teacher said? She said, you know, Jesus probably was high all the time. Sure. And that's, you know, and that's really why. I know Ralphie May did a joke. Oh, rest in peace, Ralphie May. I love oh, you. Oh, he was so Ralphie bad. May got me through. You know, when I had my accident in 2013 and I died. So, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit qualified to talk on this subject. You died. Your I heart stopped? Heart, uh, yeah. Matter of fact, it, it took five years for me to mentally come up with the courage to call the guy who first saved my life, Mark Hopkins. I love you, brother. Did, Thank what you did so he much. do? Compressions? He's the first one that saw me go down on the bike, and he called nine. He 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 called Mike to call nine one one, and he ran to my body. He he said, "This guy is not breathing." Bicycle or motorcycle? Bicycle. And you just were you were hit by a car? No. No. No, I was an idiot. I was four hundred pounds. Remember, I was telling you I was right. four hundred pounds, right? right. Well, yeah, yeah, I yeah. lost because I I got into college. I started my degree. Got a. a two degrees got a degree in biology and a degree in nutrition and that was 
I probably one degree too late in my life sure. because I had all the symptoms of the of the pain going down the left side. Oh no, you but had a heart attack. I had a heart attack. You had a heart attack when you were on a bike. On a bike. On a bicycle. This is crazy. If everybody is in the uh, Sacramento <sighs> Valley and they're familiar where UC Davis is, yeah, and then I know they're familiar is. where Sacramento is, I was the idiot that tried to ride from UC Davis over to my sister's house to clean her house because I was like in West Sac. And I di- I got to West Sac where I died. Oh my I god! I made it to West Sac in front of a cigarette store. Luckily, wow. I made it across that Yolo Causeway. You made it across the Causeway. Yeah, the universe is on my side. Oh my god! If you were on the Causeway, you'd be dead. dead. Nobody's there's nobody there's no. nobody there. There's just uh-huh. cars. Uh-huh. Just buzzards all the way around me. Wow! Could you admire somebody? Everybody goes across that. But that you were were you like you were on some kick where you're like I'm 400 pounds I'm gonna lose weight I'm gonna ride you my know, bike there I had started I had started mid-career at, or mid-education at Sac City and uh, I had started losing weight and when I got to losing weight I'm kind of OCD so I just powered into it and sure. so I was doing two workouts in the morning plus a workout class wow and so when I when I transferred down to Bakersfield Cal State Bakersfield I was I was playing intramural football we were championships I could have gone wow. at any time down there but it wasn't until I got back to UC Davis and then uh, and then I was down to 240 pounds. Yeah. That was my wife, Norica, walking oh, right in. On. And uh, I, I got down to 240. By the time uh, the accident happened, when the heart said no, uh, I was 234. So I had lost that much weight. Wow. But uh, if anybody's in the healthcare industry out there, you'll know because I was studying to be a nurse. Uh, we kind of ignore everything that goes on with us. I don't know why we do, but we do. You I didn't, didn't have any insurance at the time anyway. You so. didn't even get a gastric bypass. You just did this on your own. Yeah, I just did it on my own. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's that's what the human main, mind could do. That's what your mind could do, right? Because your body is going to take torment. It, it was hard losing that weight. Uh, I know everybody wants to talk more about Jesus. We'll get there. In a second. No, no, no. We're just talking about whatever. I mean, it's yeah. it, you. You actually experienced death. death. So that's yeah. that's what this show is kind of about. I usually yeah. ask people like, do you believe in an afterlife? Did you see like the light and the God and the thing? I was there. The mushroom yeah. clouds in your face. So like, the reason, the whole reason that I want to get with Joe Rogan and his uh, DMT experience is uh, because I need to. Basically, just do a powwow. Me and him just go, dude. I need to know everything that you know that you experienced because you've done T- DMT the longest that I know of any person out there, sure. except for the Arizona study. Uh, and I'm like, I want to compare A, B, C to Z of my experience and yours because I want to understand if the pineal gland itself in my brain was what caused what I saw and my brain understood. Uh, because the of the knowledge. flood of uh, yeah. endorphins before you die exactly. or whatever. Yeah, the the pineal gland, and I'll reference one of Joe's podcasts, uh, there is a study where they've actually confirmed that the uh, – hi, baby. She's going to come in and get the canine. And uh, they confirm that. Did she got it? Yeah, she got him. That DMT is released, right? Right, and right, so right, right, right. I have to pay devil's advocate, right? And yeah. which is, I don't know if anybody else is out there and they're split between whether heaven exists or I've, where it doesn't. But yeah, being a scientist and experience what I did, it is like, it is like two different personalities that I have to deal with, right? And so, uh, on one hand, yeah, I wrote up a paper, gave it to Dr. Betty Stafford of my experience of the afterlife. 
uh, there was things in what I wrote prior to taking that class of death and dying that compared to some of the mediums that are out there that have uh, written the books on energies and people coming over, right? And then writing back. Uh, And so a lot of that experience is what I have to basically find out. Wow. I've done DMT. Have you? Yes. How... what did you experience as far as your plane? The aliens came. That's, so, um, and you, when you okay, now this is important because well, I, they were I really aliens. need to know. Yeah, you said aliens plural. They were they were talking in a group voice that was loud. I didn't see them, but I saw their ship, and they wanted me to go with them. And like as this big loud voice, where I knew it wasn't just one alien, but it was multiple aliens. And I called them aliens because I didn't know what else to call them, and they came in a spaceship. Yeah, but they were saying. Everything you know, they were saying, hey, don't worry, just chill out. Everything you know is a construct. Nothing you believe is real. Everything that you think in your reality, it doesn't matter at all. It's not even real. It's all like basically like a simulation. And they said, come with us. Come with us in the ship and we'll show you. And I was like, oh, I ain't going on the ship. And they were like, no, 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 no. Come with us. We'll show you. It's going to be fine. And they started pulling pretty much everything in my vision toward their ship like a vacuum like they were vacuuming up my reality into the ship and they were trying to get me too and I was holding on to this like um, playground dome you know back when we were little and those domes that yeah, were made out of triangles yeah. mm-hmm. that were made out of metal triangles and you break your teeth on them or fall down or whatever and I'm holding on to that and they're trying to suck me up like a spaceship vacuum and my feet are in the air and I'm holding on to dear life to this thing and they're taking everything up to them with the tsunami string and they're like just let go everything is fine come with us and then I came to and I was like thank god that was all fake it was all in my brain none of that was real here I am I'm back in reality but I was literally transported to a completely different place to a playground somewhere on a vast field of you know macadam like like um like pavement and and I and that so that's that was my that was my DMT. That's experience. great. That, that's, I, I got a, I got a great picture in my mind's eye of that. That's yeah. what that's what I love. So what was the heaven? What was where, where did they? What who took you where? Um. All right. So everybody and and this is really difficult because a lot of people like to use the term God. And so when I talk about my story to a lot of people that that meet me. Uh, they always said, well, you know, God has everything. And, and they're usually referring to their religion as they're sure. doing it because everybody is self-serving on this planet anyways, <laughs> including me, including me, I, I'll, I'll tell you. And uh, and I let them because who am I to say, all right? I, I studied the world religions. I have to, right? People sure. say, am I religious? Well, you can come in my home and for a person that's experienced something like that uh, and because I've, I understand like the death and dying of the you know like you know the Buddhists and and the Hindus and right and all yeah. that I kind of pay homage to kind of just the universe right sure. so yeah it, the universal power and it's funny that you you say multiple because sometimes I get that feeling right I got that feeling but then at the end point of of that experience was what I wrote in the paper was just like I had this hand but it wasn't a hand. Right, and it had laid upon the back of my head, and and back and spine, and it basically just was like so peaceful, huh? And it was, uh, 
<clears throat> like a download of the universal knowledge, right? So it was like a connection like that. It was like plugging you into the next ISO update. Oof. And so that's kind of what I got downloaded. And so people say, well, was it a bright light? And I said, no, baby. I'm like, I was at the Big Bang. I was at wow. the, I was in outer space. <clears throat> I was at the Big Bang and I was staring at the universe. Wow. Is what I was, yeah. But you still had consciousness. But you were dead. You were unconscious. Your heart stopped. There was no consciousness. Yeah, but your consciousness a, I was survived. In a coma. I was in a coma for three days. What? Yeah. So I was a John Doe. They didn't know who I was because the police had cut Shoot. my backpack off. And wow. that's what I had my identification. So when I went in the ambulance, because I died first, they brought me back after CPR. Then I, I went again in the ambulance and they, they brought me back with the with the with the paddles. paddles. Whoa! Yeah. And, but I don't know any of this because I I didn't even experience it. I had no recollection of pain during it. I had no idea. Sure. The only thing I knew was what I experienced. And then they said when I came back, I didn't have any short-term memory. So when I woke up, because they froze me. They didn't freeze me. They put me on a thermal blanket to lower my body temperature enough to save my brain. Wow. Yeah, because they, I think it was roughly about two minutes and 40, almost three minutes by the time that I breathed again. What? So at four minutes, you have a chance of brain damage. Wow. Yeah. But you, you were in a coma for three days. Did it feel like when you woke up that you had just fallen off the bike? Was it like, did the time, was there any time, was there any no, perception there that time had passed? No, no perception of time had passed. I, I woke up and what, what's going on? And, and, but you, but you remember the whole like hand and stuff. That's of, the only thing I remember. Huh. That's the only thing I remember. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and that's, what's really funny about it is because that's my scientific argument. If it wasn't the case, then because I had no short term memory for two weeks afterwards, I, I didn't take a break. I went back to the university, but I had to relearn how to learn because my brain didn't work the same anymore. Wow. And so, yeah, I was what? like 3.62 at Sac city second in my anatomy and physiology class. And then when, after this happened at, uh, at Cal state Bakersfield, I had to relearn how to learn. Wow. Uh, so, so you think, do you, so there, there is an afterlife. So there is what I would call a level of, and I'm not going to give up my scientific background. So I'm probably going to be kind of shady on this because I'm playing, I'm playing the gray area. I understand in my mind that the earth is a sphere, right? And we all know that the same air I'm breathing right now could have been a fart coming from a dinosaur, right? Absolutely. So, you know, when I, when I sneeze, I go, oh, Genghis Khan. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, and because I know this, because I am scientific, <laughs> then I know that our energies that we have are in this plane. Right. right. Sure. So this is this on is this kinda, sphere. On this sphere, right? right? So that means you can tap into anybody who's ever lived on this planet, because that energy, right? Oh, because energy can either be created or destroyed. So physics, laws of thermodynamics, right? And so that that is it. If you experience everything right now that you have, and your connections are actually, you know, kilojoules of electricity. Huh. Right? Because uh -huh. they are, right? So now you are uh, bioenergetic. When you're in biology, shout out to Dr. Naganuma at Sac City. If you want a great education, you know, you can come see. He's the, the head of the uh, biology department. And he uh, got his PhD at Stanford. And his last 
kind of cell molecular class was just electricity. Huh. Because that's what we are. We run on electricity. Everything is. So that means everything you experience is a compile of electricity. Huh. Now, you can die and you get degraded, but that electricity has to go somewhere. That energy has to transfer somewhere. So I get this long story to bring this up. I went to an apartment complex um, that was after the accident. And I had known this woman who was at this apartment complex by her look by her attitude and everything. And it turns out that she was just like, man, I know you. Well, her son had passed away. So part of my, uh, and it probably just within about a month of mine before, but it was before, right? Sure. So there's a, there's a ability to pick up on energy. And so that may, that may have manifest, you know, there are people that say, well, we're just a recycled energy, right? So sure. we'll, we'll come back. Uh, I have a great neighbor that's, that's Indian and, uh, she has, she has terminal cancer pretty soon, oh. uh, because it's hit the lymph nodes. Oh, that's well, a bummer. but she is got the greatest personality because not only of her faith, Right, she's, she's like, going to be reincarnated. She's yeah. excited to be a cow. She's she's excited. She's like she's like. Let Hopefully, me. she's a cow in India and not a cow in Brazil <laughs> right. or the United States, because we'll eat her and uh, that'll suck. That would suck. That would that would really suck. But you know, along those same lines, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. And so, if I experience anything other than a DMT pineal gland experience, which everybody should experience if it's possible, because whatever I experienced changed me. Yeah. Right? Sure. And I'm absolutely. sure your DMT experience changed yeah, you. Yeah, it, it right? did. It, it really did. It. Um, I realized like, I don't want to die. <laughs> that was the thing. I was that like, is... I came back and I was like, I'm not going with the aliens. And they were like, what are you talking about aliens? And I was like, they wanted to take me and I think I was going to die. I think that they were trying to take me away and I didn't want to lose consciousness. I didn't want to lose my consciousness. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, you're supposed to go with them. I was like, I'm never. I, I just don't want to do DMT again because I don't want to. I don't want to go with the aliens. Young child should never get into vans with only two windows and never go in flying spaceships right? on DMT. Exactly. I would never get in a white van. Your and parents I wasn't taught you better. Your parents taught you better. Yeah, I, I just I wasn't gonna go with the aliens. So you you believe in an afterlife. Yeah, I, I can't get around that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's But it's either... not like the Christian way we're like, we all get twelve mansions in heaven. Yeah, no. and we're on a cloud and there's <laughs> God and here we are. High five in Jesus. You know what? Let, let's do this. We'll 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 do this. We'll, a shout out to uh, a concept that uh I watched you ever watch Doug Benson's podcast where he where he talks about the first time you got high? I'll talk about the first time I lost faith. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? Uh I grew up in a first Southern Baptist family, right? I mean, I was youth ministering. Wow. Like by the time I was like six or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And you they were, were hugely religious. One, because I, my mother died when I was young. Oh, I'm so sorry. She got a, she got a blood disease, right? Okay. So she was in the hospital for a little over a year in a coma. And so we would, what? Do, we would do blood drives. Yeah. Now... A coma for a year? For a year, yeah. She had a blood disease uh, that's called TTP. And it's really hard to kind of say. It's like thrombo, thrombocytic, thrombocytic sinepurpura, right? It's something like that. Anyways, Google. How old, was, how old were you when your mom died? I was, I was 
10? No. Was I eight? Wow. Well, you were, no, you I were was, young. Yeah, I was young. Yeah, I was young. So I was 10 when she died. Wow. I was five when she first got six. Sick. Oh, that's yeah, sick. So your six. whole childhood was like mom's in and out of the hospital. She's yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. She came home uh, for a year. We had to feed her and everything. Wow. But she didn't know us. She was just a blank. You know, I called her my little angel, right? Because that's all. She just looked like she was a child, right? She was in coma for years. She didn't know anything. Wow. Got sick again and then passed away. Oh, my God. But when a family can't do anything, right? We're poor. They're farmers, whatever. They delve into religion immensely. So sure, well, you gotta pray. You yeah, gotta you gotta bring her back. So we're talking, you know, Wednesday night, people coming over and praying. I mean, pray, 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 sure, pray. Sure, sure, sure. The, the church school bus come by and picked us up because we lived out in the country. We're, we're rural, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so uh, we have a lot of preachers and, and everything in the family, uh, the Clem family um, from Malvern. Uh, not my direct le- relative, but a Clem there did the first Baptist church. So we're steeped in, in religion. Oh, Tommy. And, <laughs> and I used to minister and everything. And when I, when I first, uh, when I first kind of lost my faith in the doctrine is because I went to the history class. You know, the first time they tell the history where they did with the crusades. Oh, uh-huh. And they just killed a bunch of yeah, people. Yeah, the Catholics, yeah, just murdered a bunch of Muslims. Christians. Christians just, yeah. Right. And so I went home and I stood in front of the great, this is a Spanish style home. We had great. And I did a whole preaching sermon. Didn't come up with the words, didn't write it down. But I just basically yelled and preached at the top of my thing. Of, yeah. What are you people doing in sure. the name of God? Wow. And I was like, well, doctrines are not the practice to go. Right. Yeah. Well, righteous indignation from a, a child. That's great. No, I mean, it's, I mean, it's amazing that you could see the hypocrisy at that, at yeah, that it was age and say, you know, look what we're doing in the name of the stuff that we, in our zealotry, yeah. we've yeah. murdered a bunch of people Yeah, in the name of God, which is, I don't think God likes to, well, but the Old Testament God does like to kill people. Well, yeah, absolutely. He loves killing people. Loves it. Yeah. Loves like that it. whole Joshua and the Jericho and there's only like 30 Israelites and then they surround the city and they bring it down and like yep. Sodom and Gomorrah just like let's murder all the bad people I bet not everybody in Sodom and Gomorrah was a bad person I don't think so I somebody mean, had to build those buildings somebody was poor <laughs> right somebody I mean what did he what do what about the right? slaves yeah I mean when he first got a job and he built like half of it he went home to his family and cheated on her because he had his couple of money no they were hella poor right most of them were slaves right so uh, yeah yeah there's a lot of fables, I think, that are handed down in the doctrines there that people can take as good stuff, you know, that, that is just fables, right? It's just a way to disseminate the information from one generation to the next generation sure. about tragedy, tr- uh, natural disasters, right? You mm-hmm. know, uh, how society can get bent or tweaked or whatever. But, you know, a, a lot of that is just, you know, a, a lot of stuff to hold on to the seed, right? You know, try to keep the tribal going, try to, you know, make sure that you guys are, you know, not cheating, you're having sex, you're having babies, you're building up the slave right. army, you're sure. right, you're just making numbers and stuff like that. I mean, that's one way to to do it. Uh so I don't follow a doctrine at, at all. I mean, one you know, at Bakersfield, when I first brought my wife down there, who's transgender, male to female, um, I had to move her to Pasadena to Arcadia because I couldn't put her in Bakersfield because of all the people who would talk at the university. You know, and these are millennials, right? You know, different. But so we're talking, only- but they were we're talking like 2011, 
Exactly. Right? Well, well, no, we're talking about 2014. Really? 2016, But this is California. I thought we were more progressive than that. You know, we are. We are. Bakersfield's still pretty religious. Mm. So I think there's some jokes you can't do there. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I think you can probably do more jokes there in Bakersfield than you can do in Arkansas, though. Arkansas, I know you can't touch on religion. Uh, that's that's kind of a faux pas, but you know, as, as I was telling people the other day, there's churches that are everywhere. You know, I mean, you you drive on the on the state routes there, and and everybody's got a Baptist church or some kind of fellowship everywhere because it's very very poor, and so I think that's when a lot of people rely on religion scientifically. If you could say why religion exists uh, and the need to think of a universal power. Uh, I guess you could say that's just kind of the fallacy of our brain because it, it should be a fallacy, right? That we have to actually look to a purpose and a higher power in order to live. Right. Or that in order to make ourselves moral, we have to have this external fear or that there's a big, big, big daddy in the sky who's going to strike us down if we do anything wrong, as opposed to our own moral construct and helping our fellow man. It's like, yeah. we is it, I mean, are we, some people, are we intrinsically good? Or are we intrinsically evil? I mean, I kind of think that humans are intrinsically selfish. So it's hard. I mean, is selfishness evil? I don't not, know. Not necessarily. I, I, sometimes. It seems I mean, like it's something that's kind of built in. I think it's built in as a safety valve, right? You better be selfish because you got to, you got to take care of yourself. It could be tribal, you know, maybe it, it resonates in it. It's, just, you know, it's, it's just something that is in our evolution. A lot of selfishness, too, is is evolution because the species has to propagate in order for fitness to be a rule, right? Because <clears throat> evolution is kind of the aspect of of you know, the fittest survive and the fittest, sure. fittest procreate and whatever helps you procreate. If it's a doctrine or whatever, then I guess it's, it's fit. I mean, we could argue, you know, does God exist? I don't like to put definitions on it because anytime that you put, I got a great story of the monk, but every time I tell the story of the monk it makes me cry because it was like my mother used to tell me this, Aww. but it, it explains, it kind of explains where, the search for God stops in definitions mm. and then it's just silence because anything that you're looking for that is the true power should never have a definition to it, right? Huh. If something is really cranking the wheel, then to know what's cranking the wheel would be a fallacy because then that that would be knowing something that is non omnipotent. Right. right, because right. it has a definition. We just need definitions because that's the way we bark. Well, I mean, why does gravity work? Like we can we can quantify <laughs> gravity, but like, well, and when you when you like, our planet is round and it has an axis, but it's tilted, so it rotates at a tilt. Yeah, and then it spins around the sun at a tilt rotation, and there's a moon around it, and we have gravity like i i mean why we can we can quantify it mathematically yeah and we can figure out that you know 9.8 meters per second squared is the speed of gravity but we don't know how it's made or to who made it is no. there is there someone actually cranking the wheel that makes the planets spin around the sun yeah. or that makes our solar system spin in a b bigger solar system like what's in the center like our solar system is one of many solar systems in the galaxy and all of those galaxies have their own gravity and they're all 
swirling around something like what's the I mean it's hard to say that we don't believe in a when a higher power when no one knows what makes gravity work yeah so don't we all believe in a higher power I mean we at least whether we believe in it or not it exists it, it exists and, and I think the part of it is is like if we could get to that level we just agree okay this is there's a higher power then we can be a lot more human to each other because then I think what happens is we get on a le- more level playing field intellectually than a lot of people do because they get stuck in their societal group their niche right I need I want to be called a Muslim I want to be called Buddhist I want to be called a Jew I want to be called a monk a monastery I want to be called Christian I want to be called Catholic I want to be a subset or whatever everybody wants a definition everybody wants a name and it really you know what it does is it keeps blinding us to going dude if you could just drop that there's a universe out there and the universe is pretty important because it's the one that's flinging rocks at us. <laughs> so so <laughs> if yeah. you want to say yeah. there's a higher power, it's trying to kill us. Right. Sure. I mean, well, we're and we're trying to kill each other and we yeah. should kill each other a little faster. A little faster. Because, I mean, we're really messing with the world right now. I mean, oh, the yeah. methane and the the melting of the polar ice caps. I've seen some really cool maps that people have done about the Bay Area where if um, the polar ice caps melt enough and even if our water level raises a tiny bit, what what's going to happen to the Bay Area and how much of it's going to be underwater? I just hope enough of it's underwater to where the ridge I live in, San Diandro, becomes beachfront property. Wouldn't that be fun? No, I, always... I think so. You know, because they called it Oakieville, so they kicked all the people who were poor up to the ridges, yeah. but now it has the greatest view because it's incorporated, right? So that's how it was. You're not in the city. It's incorporated. You're out there. I'm like, let it flood. Let, let it, it flood. flood. I used to feel I that way in San Diego. That um, I lived on top of a ridge, and so I always thought, oh, if the if the polar ice caps melt enough, I'll have it'll be like a beautiful lake up here on the on the ridge. But I don't, I don't, I don't want people to die. I just want us oh, no. to all. No, I, I don't want you to stay. I don't want you to be like people in Florida that stay for those hurricanes that come through. Right? When when we know that it's going to flood, I, I just hope you evacuate. Sell cheap, sell cheap, but evacuate <laughs> fast. Uh, so, do you believe that your mom's in heaven? No. And, and it's difficult because... Um, so, for my own belief, the way it goes right now, is, is the best I can quant- qualify it, because uh, I can't quantify it, is that heaven is, in, is individual. Right? It's, uh-huh. a, it's an individual experience. It's going to be based on you. Uh, I, I talked to my best friend about that when um, his mom is my sec- uh, surrogate mom when uh, she passed away, and it was it was before that. Uh, but uh, I said, you know, I do believe that heaven is kind of just individual. You know what I mean? And and uh, so you didn't see your mom when you when the hand was around. You didn't see anything. No, just- though I was I was peering into into the universe. I was mm-hmm. I was at, I knew I was at the initiation point. Uh, and I, at that point, uh, when the, when just the, the presence, you know what I mean? I call it a hand cause it, and this is a lot of people know, even if you have DMT experience and if you have near death experience, the vulgarity that I'm using in words to try to explain this, uh, 
I have to apologize for because there are really no words for me to disseminate what happened to me. Sure. Um, uh, so this is the best that I can do. Is is it was just a merge. It was just a merge with with the whatever is the the end all of be all of the the point of of the creation of existence, right? Right. Uh, and what's beyond that, I have no idea. You know, there could be there could be. Who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of the only way, and and it, I would have loved to, man. I, 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 I tried to. So people tried to talk to me after I got out, and I they could tell I was a different person. I was changed. I was not the person that they knew before. I I couldn't be. Wow. Uh, before you before you died. Yeah. Yeah. So it took me it took me a lot of counseling, took me, you know, being in the mental hospital. Uh, and part of that's because it's a pain. So I have a I have like one percent of what happens to CPR patients where they have peripheral ne- neuralgia. So the nerves actually because of the ribs break in the front and the spine and the back, it causes permanent damage. Right. And Whoa. it doesn't happen all the time. So from CPR. Yeah, because of the compressions mm-hmm. and and wow. and people uh, break their ribs. They'll they'll thank you later. Break their ribs. Yeah. So if if you don't know CPR, learn CPR. I do, and it saved my life. So you don't got to breathe on anybody. Just compression only. That's uh-huh. all you got to do is just got to keep circulating that blood because the blood has O2 in it and it's going to circulate and it's going to keep the brain alive and just keep the brain alive. It, it doesn't matter what goes from the peripheral, if it's toes or if it's ankles, knees or whatever, keep that person alive. Wow. So you're what you, you say now you're in, you are, you're in chronic pain. Yeah. I've had four, op, uh, basically surgical procedures on my spine or different kind of, uh, trying to, to stop it because when I breathe it's when the pain feels so you can belly breathe and you can intercostally breathe and I'm really trying my meditation to belly breathe a lot of people know the diaphragm from, right there you go yeah, yeah. because if I do Opera that singers do that right and then I don't get an expansion right sure um, so the uh, so yeah so I'm permanently disabled oh. uh, from it but uh, it's it's the greatest pain that I wake up Every, I'm more I'm more afraid of my heart because my heart stops. Sure. So your uh, heart stops. My heart stops. What for? What reason? Uh, I guess it, it just pissed at me. I guess it's really just pissed off of all the ice cream, the uh, <gasps> the uh, biscuits and gravy, the bacon and everything that I did to me. You know, I lived like a rock star. You know, I didn't care. I didn't think I was going to live this long. I really didn't think, and I and I didn't. I didn't. I I, wow. I rode this thing until the wheels fall off. You know that song? Sure, sure. It's that old seventies, yeah. right? And and uh, was lucky that that uh, you know everything kind of changed. How old now. are you? Forty six. Oh, okay. We're about the same age. Yeah. yeah. But had you had a heart attack when you were forty? Yeah. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. Now it was. Do you? The- are you super healthy now? Do you like eat kale and shit? No. <laughs> I know the audience no. wanted to hear that, huh? No, no, I'm just like you people. No way. Uh, I have a great neighbor who's a spiritualist and into crystals and stuff like that. And, and we channel because I channel. You know, who doesn't channel? I don't know. Uh, I do a lot of meditation and stuff like that. But uh, I should. I grow my own. I did. What happened was I, I had a flare-up in my spine. And so I checked myself into a mental institution because I was really suicidal. Because yeah. it because it hurts so much that you're hurts just like, so why much. am I alive? Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I went to the emergency 
and uh, they said, uh, you know, you don't have to hurt yourself. You can just, you know, come back. And I didn't listen to them. And so then I took pills and, and everything. And then I basically was on my text. So if, if anybody needs to reach out, there's a great text. Uh, and I reached out to the, the hotline text and then they brought the sheriff. I went, I matter of fact, I went to the sheriff's today and I thanked them for oh. uh, how they treated me. Well, cause the first time they came, the pain was really bad. I was actually laying floor for my landlord yeah. and, uh, I came out to M16s because they knew that I had <laughs> weapons in the house. Wow. Right? And yeah. so, uh, they came to help me and, uh, uh, but that was something coming out to M16s, you know what I mean? But that was the first time I went to the ambulance and, uh, and for the mental pain. And then, uh, and then I got closer to the procedure. So they did one procedure already on my, on my, uh, my neuropathy on it. And, and it helped it get, it got me to where I'm not in the wheelchair, but I still will use the wheelchair a couple of times during the day. Wow. And are you on like crazy opiates or do they have you on like, on like no. pain block where they give you an epidural? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I would say like daily epidurals. Is that how you deal with it? Or what do you do? Uh, uh, the first two years I didn't even know I had pain. So, uh, because I, I went back to school and I had great doctors and so they kept me on Norcos and Vicodins for two years. Wow. I was taking Norcos and, and, and. Well, 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 butrin is, is yeah. it's a, that's a good, um, that's a good antidepressant. Oh, it was good. It was yeah. good, but I became addicted to it. So I was started overtaking. So then I started to find doctors that were outside of my thing but, so I could get extra stuff and take it. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, and so when I finally got off, it was 2015, I got off the opiates and that's when I figured, that's when I fit, found out I was in pain and it wasn't just the spine. I had, I had. Uh, my bone on bone was in my hip on my left side. So I kind of accident on my left side. Uh, and so when I came off, I finished my last year of the university with hardly even going to class because I couldn't sit in a class anymore. Wow. Yeah, you just couldn't sit in a chair. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, it was so bad. And then so... But you don't feel like you were addicted to opiates. Oh yeah, you were. I was. Oh, okay. I was chewing those things like they were Skittles. Sure. Ooh, I love those but Skittles. Don't they? Doesn't um, Skittles? Oh. By the way, if you want to sponsor my show, it's from eight to ten on Thursdays, yes. right beyond our conference. Oh. Skittles. Um, did you? The problem I've always had with opiates when I've taken them, I had a knee surgery years and years ago, and I had to take some for a while. I can't poop. Yeah, yeah. It's like the worst. It's the worse wand than works. It the was, water wand is perfect. It was worse than it was it was worse than the pain itself. The the constipation from the opiates was worse than the pain of my knee. So I just stopped after two weeks. It was like ten days. I just couldn't deal with it anymore and I just stopped taking them. And I was like, I'd rather be in pain than not be able to poop. Yeah. It just, it made me crazy that it was just so intense that like my body was yeah. just locked up and I can't imagine long-term opiate use because how, how do you Brett Favre athletes, all that, right? Uh, I had, I knew what I was getting into with opiates uh, and I knew what I was getting in when I had my hip surgery. Oof. Uh, my, my, a good friend of, uh, mine had, uh, like a shallow socket so he had uh two hips replaced before he was like i think 40 uh, he used to take opiates all the time and so i wait when i pick him up i had to wait 30 minutes for him to be in that pooper right right i used to stand outside go push it out shove it out way yeah. out you know, uh, anything he would yell at me shut up i'm like hurry up we gotta go golfing uh, <laughs> but uh yeah and so i i use a water wand so uh i got my um 
certified nursing assistant before I uh, was doing my my uh, nursing education when I when I wanted to qualify for nursing, and uh, I had a client that I was hoping to get a job from, and he was a uh, uh, not par- paraplegic, right? Uh, and so he told me about how he does his whole schedule. Sure. And so when I had mine because uh, I could feel the spine again because I can't. You know what I mean? Sure. And who wants to be on any kind of pills that makes your poop not pushable? Right. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so you could be on the coalesce and stuff like that. And I was like, no, no. So I just use the water wand. It causes basically a reaction called mass peristalsis. Uh, and so with the water wand, you just stimulate the first uh, in sections, right? The colon sections of the alimentary canal. And you basically get what's called a body response from it. And that body response is mass peristalsis. And so the mass peristalsis in response to that water wand just. But it's gone. It, you drops evacuate. Drops the kids off of drops, the school. Drops, drops the, the kids off of the school. There you go. So. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I don't do opiates. Uh, matter of fact, uh, it's because of it. Because of, of, you know, the mental pain that I had. Right? Sure. So, uh, so I use cannabis. Oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm 100% oh, and I, believer. And I, in use, and I use a thing called uh, Neurodin. So I, I am on a, a neuropathy pill, too. Is it? That's like a neurological blocker of some kind? Yeah. 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 You can take like up to 12 pills a day. So, Oof. yeah, the only thing that's hard with it is is that with cannabis, it makes you sleepy. So I, I can't use it when I drive and stuff like that. Sure, care. sure, sure. Uh, I told Norca I'm going to get – I mean, it's it's never a perk to be disabled uh, using the wheelchair. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had interviews with Google. Their lab wasn't set up for me, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, all these companies because I was in biotech. And I kind of – self kind of evaluated like you know when i went to school for biotech i didn't see any people in wheelchairs you know in my classes right and so but it doesn't dawn on you uh like the the company i was working for natera uh when the doctor told me that i needed to have the wheelchair there they just gave me time off of work because they had no tasks that I could do in the lab because the lab's not set up for a mobility device like that. Wow. Because they're just into production. How, how discriminatory. It is. It is. But <laughs> my, mental, uh, my mental, I don't know if anybody's in therapy out there, but you know, you obviously I, I kind of needed it. Uh, and so the group out there, they're like, that's not right. That's not right. I'm like, well, you know, maybe my purpose here on earth right now coming back is to change this. You huh. know, to bring awareness to this. So, sure. I mean, I'm not going to go to Google's business. But Stephen decision. Hawking is in a wheelchair. That's true. But Stephen Hawking is not trying the... to make twenty dollars an hour working in a lab. <laughs> right. <laughs> you but had tissues. My my point is that mental capacity and physical mobility don't have anything to do with one no. another. No, I can do the I can do the task. Well, I thought I could do the task, and then uh, I was working in the hood, and I was, I was working with patient samples, and when I when the um, carpet tunnel started I couldn't feel my fingers anymore oh. so I didn't know what what finger was on what button sure. to to dispense the reagent I, ha- I used to have to work on it and we were working in a team and I I had to tell my team member to, to stop and slow down while I well, I shook my things out sure. besides Clem that's not good I'm like yeah, I know yeah <laughs> I'm like I'm like I know but my dad had 
that problem. He had the surgeries, and I won't have the surgeries. I do get really tingly, so I like itch my my top all the time. A lot of people think I'm as my tracks marks, so that is not. Uh, and so uh, I don't. Every time I think about getting the surgery, uh, there's a guy that's in my class that was a pianist. Oh wow! Right, and and had that surgery and he couldn't play anymore. But do you have insurance? How does this work? My baby, right there. All oh, right. Man, without her, I'll tell you what. I mean, thankfully, I had Obamacare. Oh, uh, right, 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 right. Well, Giving thankfully, out free healthcare. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Oh, come on! I love my Canadians. When I was a national sales manager and I, I traveled uh, to Canada, all across the U.S. and and Mexico, uh, I knew them. They had a son that was friends up there that had owned a company. They had a son that was playing a, uh, hockey. You know, with those uh, competition leagues where they travel, travel sure. teams. Yeah. Uh, and so he had broken quite a few things, and so they always had said, well, you know, they may have to re-break it because it'll take a week to get in, but at least it's covered for free. Wow. But, uh, you know, so thank goodness because uh, first, the CSU system has healthcare at their campus. And so uh, I first went there and that's when they diagnosed me with that permanent disability and they got me right into mental health there because that was, that was, uh, that was hard to, to digest, you know, sure. as far as I had made it, you know what I mean? I was right. almost at the finish line and I was like, wah, wah, right, right, right. right. You want to go for the cherries and here comes the ghost Pac-Man <laughs> reference. That's right. <laughs> That's sure. a nice, yeah. Never, never, never forget, forget floppy disks. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I built my first computer, uh, by myself. I couldn't afford it back in 1996. Thank goodness for fries. <laughs> with all these free Switching plugs. out the motherboards yeah, and doing the right? PC stuff. Yeah. Control all delete, baby. So, uh, so that was that was great because uh, from there, then uh, Bombocare came on, and and I've been with Kaiser the whole time. That's that's out there, and uh, yeah, shout to them. I got a great medical team. I got a, I have about sixteen uh, physical doctors. And about six mental doctors. Wow. So, you know, and so I'm not even support. a rock star. Well, not yet. <laughs> I'm not famous yet. You know what I mean? You've got, you've got, the, you've got a medical team of support. That's amazing I because if, if you didn't have insurance, what would you do? Uh, I mean, I, what would... I, I would be dead. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, because I, there's no way I could have probably handled the pain. How did that work out, though, after your heart attack when you were a John Doe? How does that, like, work? They just make bills and just put them you know i guess luckily did it bankrupt you i mean oh uh, yeah i have i have i have medical bills you know if i didn't smoke weed i'd probably worry about all the bills that i have right so i mean ambulance bills from the first event uh it's over a hundred and something thousand medical right now yeah Thank goodness medical can't take anything, but I had to put the car in Norica's name so that way. Because yeah, otherwise they can because, garnish your wages or say, yeah, well, they yeah, did. They yeah, did. garnish the wages. Yeah, so uh, all of that, uh, all of that. Yeah, they could you take know. your car. Yeah. Oh my god, I I. It not saddens it. me that we live in the one of the most wealthiest countries, and yet we can't take care of our own people and when something happens you can go into that much debt you know and, and it's crazy That's right because you me. you want to kind of you kind of want to uh you know feel really bad and mad in it and, you want to change your name There's, and move to venezuela you like do, right you know <laughs> you, you, you want to go somewhere that it, that it does <gasps> And and but then you come in and we'll we'll bring it full circle to the God talk here is is you know this is Constitution it's like 
one nation under God, you know what I mean? So the greatest country in the world, you know, when they discuss God is, is it because it was founded on God. There were so many yep. that migrated here. Sure. For religious know, freedoms. For religious yeah, freedoms. Yeah, yeah. Because they I were mean? weirdos and they didn't Absolutely, subscribe to that. Because the they wanted to marry multiple wives and they wanted to, you know, just have horses and carriages and then and there were the, the Quakers the reason that there aren't as many Quakers is they didn't they weren't they didn't have sex or something there was a so they yeah, didn't have any babies evolutionarily their religion was a species that did not have fitness you understand yeah, right, right, now right, the right, Catholic right. religion is a is an organism that is very fit, because, right? Because, because you people can't fuck. use the condoms. Well, you aren't supposed to use birth control. Yeah, you I guess it's okay now, use, but yeah, they can. I think they do it now, but it was steeped in that kind of tribal kind of thing where we yeah. need to survive as as a human race, right? Right. Every sperm is sacred. Everyone. Every, every sperm unique. Yeah. Thanks, I, I, Monty Python. Those were kind of the fun classes to take those psychology classes, right, sure, at the university sure. where you they go ahead and and I took the night classes. I like the night classes because then you have uh, instructors that come in and they're just trying to make it right they're kind of younger yeah. so they'll talk right they talk a little bit better they're a little bit more edgy they yeah. step away from the textbook a little bit more sure. right and then they talk about that as why why did they save these seats right because everybody gets it now right it's kind of ridiculous I was at the California Native Plant uh, a Society's annual meeting in 2014 uh, well, it was 2014, 2015, and 2016, right? So my memory – I, I smoke pot, sorry, <laughs> right? Uh, 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 but I went there, and there was a booth there where they had the write-ups where the population just needs to die. You know what I mean? Sure. They, they, it was like – and I'm very logistical and very math on my science, and I know, you know kind of just what it is. And, and we've got – you know, it's a bursting bubble. It's a bursting bubble when, and I'm in biotechnology, so everybody who's out in biotechnology, call those companies or their friends that are employing and tell them to Thursday 8 to 10, get on our <laughs> comprehension, right? And then we'll have biotalk. But I'll tell you right now, I mean, kind of the way it is, is we have to have mass production of, of uh, agriculture. Yeah. I have a, a little community garden that I do over in San Leandro, and uh, it's great because I'm going up and down the street right now, and I'm talking to the people that have their uh, citrus trees. Uh -huh. I'm like, you know, you could provide citrus for five to six families. You, you've oh, got right. a great yard, I'm, and so I'm trying to just start a street thing where we go, if sure. you grow this, and I'll grow this, and then... And then we all trade, so it's, and then who we needs all trade. that many lemons? Yeah, right? Yeah, that you many know. oranges. Well, you know, if you drink a lot of Corona, then you want a lime. Sure. So. Well, and there's, I've seen um, fruit trees where they just drop on the ground and people don't even do anything yeah. about them. I have a buddy who has four plum trees in her backyard and she thought, she thought that they were, she was like, oh, I just thought they were ornamental. I'm like, no, those are real plums. <laughs> when you just pick them up off the ground and throw them away, you could pick, you could turn them into prunes. You could, you could, you could dry you them. Could you could make, make them jam. You could I, make anything you want. You can eat yeah. them. And she just couldn't believe. She's like, I thought they were just ornamental. I'm like, nope, that's a fruit tree. But she was like, what do I do with all this stuff? You can Give it. it to your neighbor's kids yeah, or something. You can it. You give it away. You sell it. You sell sure. it. The My neighbor owns a Chinese restaurant and uh, he, he will take all my tomatoes. But then everybody gets mad because then I don't have tomatoes for everybody else. Right. So, but you don't make a lot on tomatoes. So uh, the greatest thing that we do uh, 
right now is is uh, for the neighbor that uh, she she does an alternate diet to supplement her cancer therapy. Uh huh. And so we've got one section of the community garden. We're going to do all in herbs. And Great. We're gonna, we're going to try and just go. All right, you know. So, is this what you juice and stuff like that and see sure. how it goes. So that's really I can't really get her onto the cannabis trick yet. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I look at the documentaries that are over in Europe and if you look at those, you know, they can do a lot more with their kind of medical treatments than we can, if it's not FDA approved and they go into starvation, you know, so about 30 days of starvation under doctor's care. So what's it starve the cancer? Well, what a, what it does is, yeah, exactly, because cancer grows at a rate more than any other cells, right? So the sure. P53 gene that's in there, it, it can't stop apoptosis, so it can't stop the cell cycle, right? And it's supposed to. So something goes wrong in there. I, I did a research study on this, and sure. I did a presentation in Arizona State University. Um, it was kind of cool. I, uh, National Science Foundation, I got a stipend for it. Neat. They, they paid for the travel, everything. But uh, So you have that, and if you can't arrest the cell cycle, then the, they keep growing. Growing and growing and but growing if you and growing, stop growing. feeding the cells, they can't stop, grow. Interesting. If they stop feeding, they <gasps> grow at a slower rate. Oh. And if you grow at a slower rate, then you, your immune system has time to catch up and and fight the cancer from inside without using a lot of chemotherapy. But how do you live for 30 days without eating? It's very easy. Yeah, once you get past the first day of pH challenge, right? Because your body has to reset in its pH. And so uh, that's why you want doctor's care. And so after they monitor your blood. uh, And so then up to that 30 days, right? It's very, very challenging because you have to go back on food very slowly. 30 days? 30 days. I've heard of people fasting for like they get water, a week. Yeah, obviously. well, you have to yeah. have water, you can, mm-hmm. but it takes, you die in like seven days without Well, water, you right? know, if you believe evolution, we are fish. So we carry our oceans around with us, right? Mm. Fish live in it and they're, they're osmotic with their environment and we carry our oceans around with us. So sure. the more water we drink, the less water we carry. That's, that's kind of a, a tip for you dieters out there. It's a nutrition tip. So the more water you drink, the less water your body will train, will retain because you know you got to trick your body to say we don't need that much ocean and then you'll lose weight that way but um i can't know. imagine fasting for 30 days i mean yeah. i guess if i had cancer i probably wouldn't be hungry anyway but yeah you think i asked her you know do you have pain with the cancer no you know what i mean but that's kind of the thing there so so the, that's not the worst part of it right now you got to do that 30 day fasting right and then you got to take only uh, an herbal supplement of cannabis. So you basically have to put yourself in sedative coma. Whoa. Right, with cannabis. And put that self in sedative coma so that way it allows the body to, to heal yourself. If I get cancer, I'm coming to you. <laughs> I'm not going to go. No, I have, I have um, thank God I have Medi-Cal. Otherwise. Hollywood stars out there, if you're fighting cancer or anything like that, I mean, seriously, if you want to email me at clem.beyondourcomprehension at gmail.com. I know we do a lot of joking around in here, but, you know, it, it really is serious. And some of the stuff that we talk about here is, is actually kind of stuff that you may want to try. So I, I know for one thing. It makes cannabis, sense. Cannabis. Cannabis. Cannabis is basically what's called a uh, sedative, right? It's an opiate, but uh, sedation. So oh, I thought it, it was a hallucinogen. 
I thought it, it's I an it hallucinogenic. Too. It's an hallucinogenic family. I don't know. I don't it know. could be in both, but uh, I know right now, email Clem beyond our comprehension. Right now, if you know the answer to that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can give us a call at four one five five. Oh, there we go. Five one one. Oh, that was a be. So yeah, good. we've got the we've got the number. If you want to call in and tell us. And so uh, you are basically, that is the goal. The goal is to slow down your metabolism so much that the P53 gene or the correction, those cancer cells can't grow. And then your, your immune cells, right? So your CD45s, your CD8s, your CD3s, you know, your immune cells and memory cells, they can go get to work, right? They got to identify where it's at. And all that, and then they go to work, and hopefully, you know, hopefully. You get rid of that nasty cancer. I've just been wondering, like, cancer... That, did that exist like 500 years ago or is it is it the same amount of cancer we've always had like percentage wise but now that we have so many people in the world that that number just seems so great I just feel like everyone has fucking cancer right now like everybody it seems like so many people are getting I think we always or, uh, yeah I think we always had cancer because we always you know since the age of in- industry right so we that's when the pollution started and stuff like that we may have had cancer when there was tribal you have Dogs, dogs have cancer, right? right. Cats have cancer. Everybody sure. has cancer. I think what's happened is just people would fucking die, and you didn't know why. Oh, right. I right. think all of history just oh they died, yeah. right? You know, and you look in the inside. Not if enough they, leeches. Yeah, right. That's, That's exactly it. Dog. Suck more blood. Yeah, give him more leeches. He's looking pale already, sir. I don't know if I should put this last one. He <laughs> ah, flatlines, right? I mean, you know, and that's kind of it, right? We can document, and we do. What do we do? We take census on everything, right? Sure. You medical records, they have to report all that, and so. But it's great because there are great companies out there. I I interviewed for a company called Abbott. I didn't get that one because I smoked pot. Uh, but I would have worked on their uh, computer program called Jarvis. And Jarvis basically takes a database of tissue samples of people who have died and from a relative different disease, right? And then you can put that into a database and at any time, right? You can basically use your power of bioinformatics and you can look, all right, let's... Right, and so if people are out there and they're saying, "Hey, I think this chemical works for this," they can reach out to his lab and say, "I need tissue that has this, 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 this wrong with it from this age and this person and this." And and then thank you can you people. test your drug. And they can test your drug. Wow. That's why I tell people that's what science and religion is. That's what's going to be. I was going to say that's what's going to be. And and th- that's and the God, more people though, that then you science is God. Science is God. Is technology God or is science God? Is science technology? No. I think our concepts in order to create the the advances in technology that we do is the reason, if there is any purpose, is the reason we are alive. Because we, we are God, huh. right? However, at the same time of being that, right, if we want to use the term, because it, it is omnipotent. I can clone you. Right, yeah, I can it, clone you, and and it may take a while, but, but it's not the same energy. Like no, it's not. So it's not me. You can clone me, but no. it's not me. Yeah, I'm me. And you if are. You, if you take the same, if you take my DNA and make another me, that doesn't make it me. No, and it really won't be you because the only, the only mitochondria that are passed on is from the maternal mother. So your your 
basic creation is never going to be the perfect exact one, right? Even if you downloaded my experiences from my body into this new body. Transference, can we do that? But even if you do that, that person is still different than me. I'm no longer there. Other people, to other people, they might see that person and be like, oh, that's her. But I'm gone. That's a newbie. What if it could be? I mean. What if it could be? Think of that. What if it could be? What if, yeah, what if we could down, if we could, but it's almost like taking your Facebook and putting it into a new body. If you go into Sim Cities, if you go into Sim Cities and you create, if you go into Sim Cities and you create an avatar Mm -hmm. and everything that's built in that city and everything you do in that city is your avatar, is that not you? So could you not be the same avatar for somebody else? But, but that isn't for you that's for other people so you can exist on and other people can still interact with uh-huh. who they saw you as but i'm not there so that's also not the you. also the internet is fake yeah i don't believe i think that you facebook think the is fake you think facebook's fake i think that i think that it's you don't think it exists as an entity or you don't think it's is I, it not an organism i think that an ai it organism is, i think it is a manifestation of our idealized selves therefore it is not true it is because we can never because, be because we can never live in a life of our true of, selves because it's not true at all because no one's actually being true on it everyone on that program is <laughs> merely right yeah. is totally being yeah. fake is merely faking it till they make it they're merely oh. passing on their idealized personification of self and it's not really them it's what they want other people to see them as but it isn't an, it isn't an authentic self and so when you look at something like that it's not really us mm-hmm it's just a collection of things we might or might not have done because a lot of people, a lot of people lie. But the programs that run in the background, when they do their their double blind kind of analyses and stuff like that on clicks per ad, clicks per this, right? To them, that's you. Sure. You see it, right? So Amazon, to them, that's you. To right. Siri, the news that comes up or whatever comes to sure. them, that's that's you. Right. So w- when will that be the point? When will the point be where that technology and, and we accept that? The- oh, this is a total side. Are the ads on the side of your Facebook? Or what, when you're on the internet, what do they think? Who do they think you are? I, I think that they are, I'm, I'm probably searching for a master's degree in something. So they, uh, so they some, give you, so they give you get your master's degree from blah, blah, blah. Is that what's on the side? Yeah, and I, I don't really use so my I just copped up to this. My wife posts to my Facebook because I'm oh. I'm really I really shouldn't do social media. But anyways, uh, I think what it is 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 so we should ask time. her what are his what are his uh, what are the what are the ads that go on his page? What are they trying to sell to Clem? Whiskey? No. No. Whiskey women well, take my mind. Like, so Shout out William Nelson. For, Shout out William For example, Nelson. on the side of my Facebook, I get a lot of um, Christian mingle. But it's funny because I have a lot of posts that say fuck Jesus. And I think that they think I want to fuck a Jesus type person. Well, no. But what what happens is they have a program in the, that probably runs in the background. And that algorithm is like your keywords for your Google. Mm. And so if they see Jesus and they ignore fuck terms, right? So they probably right. have the algorithm that ignores any kind of racial or anything like that. Sure. And so you see Jesus, 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 Jesus. And you go, we've got to get her into, you know, Merrill Hurst is going to send you something in the mail so you can get your, your missionary degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's probably how they see 
see that. And it's interesting, isn't it? I, and right? I don't... They, they don't understand sarcasm. AI, don't understand sarcasm. AI will never be human because it won't be able to sarcasm as, as well, quick as we are. But I think that we're changing that because we're developing a whole new language that's pictorial. I think that emojis are the things that convey to at least children. Um, they convey your emotion or your feeling. So if you like stick one of those winky faces with a tongue sticking out, that means sarcasm. I'm making fun of you. Yeah. So you can, you actually can textually imply your emotive state yeah, that's in why a we're, new language. Yeah, that's why we're going backwards in language, right? So right. we're going back to the Egyptian time when we couldn't communicate by mouth because not everybody was that intellect. So we had to use symbols and pictures and what do they call hieroglyphs? And sure. we're going back to cave paintings and wall paintings. So that way we communicate. And what's happened on that, right, is, is we've lost a lot of our ability to, to use a thesaurus. <laughs> People don't even know the word their source. Can the children read? Do I, yeah, it's no, that's scary. exactly it. Right? LOL. And they, and they can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't. And not, in a, not a, on an early age as I believe they used to be able to. Well, in, in our generation. That, by the way, I can't prove that. In our generation, at least. Okay, so I can only speak for myself, but I learned how to read when I was three. And that was pretty common in the 70s is that. People taught their children how to read at a really young age for whatever reason. And I don't know how or why, but I know seven-year-olds that don't know how to read and write yet. And when I was in seventh grade, I was learning cursive, or seventh, seven years old, I was learning cursive. And now kids aren't learning cursive at all. It's it's the worst ever because, I, all right, so when, like, if I do some comedy writing at home, right, I, I try to put an hour aside or whatever, usually it's toilet time. But... Uh, <laughs> My mind works so fast that I can't write if I don't write in cursive. Interesting. Because I um, I start misspelling my B's or D's or I, I miss words. My hands can't keep up. Sure. And so uh, so I, I gone to kind of verbal kind of recording and stuff like sure. that. But without cursive, I don't know. I mean. Well, and that's the thing, though, is kids don't have to write cursive anymore because you can record your audio and then you can use a program like Dragon or whatever where yeah. you copy paste it and it turns into text for you. Yeah. So you don't even have, all you have to do is really spell check it and go through and see what your work was. I even know people that are writing novels this way. They have a podcast and they specifically in their podcast are trying to document certain parts of their personal history so that they can then put it into the program so it'll come out as text and they don't have to like actually write their autobiography. Wow. That's, that's brilliant. It's right. That's isn't brilliantly it? Brilliantly lazy. Isn't it great? Oh, I am. But it's, I, I wish I, I wish I thought of that. I wish I thought of that. You can use it. You just take your and, podcast. And so this is it. You and download is, it in the software. This is what we have to come to terms with is, is, you know, when we look at, you know, whatever we say is the ultimate power, right? If it is technology, and at least technology we know is, is a way to quantitatively understand the universe that's around us. And it's the way to prevent diseases and and take care of a, a growing population, all that, right? And right. so if there is an ultimate power in that, then it's going to have to be something that's around that. I, I wish I get so lazy. Uh, you know, when uh, Elon Musk talked about, you know, they just need to be a point where they can 
put a device in the frontal lobe and it'll just, you know, basically mirror with my phone. That's what I want. Ooh, yuck. No, I think it's fabulous. I want you to tap into my frontal lobe, my occipital lobe, my wernix area, and the cochlea. I don't. I, I want everything because then you'll know the true me. And then you won't give me give me Viagra's because you'll understand that my penis is is like a whistle, right? <laughs> I, it's you know, yeah, I'm very white, yeah, and fat. So, but you know what I mean. Then you'll know who I am, and then you'll tailor, right? I you'll find me the best there. direction to where I want to go. That is so mind, much faith. Do it. But the but the they that we you want to give so all our information to. Yeah, so you're giving all control. your control away. They, they're already doing it with the. So Richard I, Feynman said that's the best thing that you need to think of with science. And if you read his papers on science and the purpose of science, and when he gets to that point of technology, and he says accept it, so that way you can do poetry and music and art, and then take that away, and then you don't have to worry about the extraneous stuff. Let technology do that, and yeah, then but, we will become the people that we're meant to be. But there's technology has has to have a purpose. Like even if you think cooking is technology, that's rudimentary tech. It's the, some of the first technology. Farming is some of the first technology. You know, we, kids don't know how to cook now, too. No, of course they don't, it's because terrible. they can't take care terrible. of themselves. Because we want them to all get Uber Eats, so that it gives a job to somebody. But people should, children should know how to denature protein overheat and and that's the thing is that everyone's embracing technology but then they're forgetting the other technologies that are so important to us being productive human beings like you children you to, better you better you hurry up because even ourselves. even the monkeys are learning how to denote your protein with 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 meat in the wild so yeah. you better hurry up i mean fire was the first technology was it not like yeah and fire's power is heat is is life is changing the way that we are able to live where we can live yeah. how we can live it all starts there but now we're forgetting all like the old technologies in lieu of this new technology yeah i i have a i have a tank at the the top so there's a the top, the front community garden is one people that can come in and and if they they donate some soil or whatever then they can just come in and pick themselves at the top community garden in the back is the one that we we try and grow specifically for certain people yeah. but i have a water tank up there because if the water ever goes off you know or like there's a natural disaster yeah here, when the right? electricity goes three days we're all three, three days and you're out you're you're without okay what are you going to do the first day when you're out water Right? What are you going to do the three days later when the supermarkets don't have? Because that's the turnaround for a city. It's three days. Three days. And if three days you can't do it, then you are fucked. Really? Yep. Well, because everyone will loot and go nut, nutballs. But in San Francisco, we actually have a bunch of cisterns planted in the streets because... You're so smart, San uh, Francisco. Yeah, because of the 1906 earthquake slash fire. Mm. They said we never want to run out of water again. So whenever you're in San Francisco and you see those big circles in the middle of the street that have bricks that don't go around it... Please don't pee Well, in the center, there's a big manhole and it says cistern. And those are huge vats of water that are an, a resource for if there's ever a big fire again. But if the shit hits the fan and we need water, we can use that water. Yeah. And do we do, is there a salination, desalination plant by the San Mateo Bridge and stuff like that? Well, there I mean, should do, be. I, I, there, there should be 15 of them. The fact that the people in the desert, right, have plants that can do that for us and we live right by a bay and don't, we should never have a water problem. Right. LA, you want our water? No problem. All right. Fund us to put desalination plants up here and we will ship you all the water you need. Quit taking our fucking Folsom Reservoir, reservoir of water. Quit taking our shit. Yeah. 
Well, that's people what got boats. Do. They want to use them. <laughs> this has been uh, Clem, you guys. This has been really fun. This has been a great. <laughs> it's been great. This Thanks. has been a great. Some call me Tim. We've learned so much about the afterlife. This was very exciting. Uh, we are going to be back in a few minutes, not with talking, but just we're going to play some music so I can teach him how to do some of the other stuff in here. But thank you so much. This has been so enlightening. Thanks so and much for having me on. I, yes. I, it was great to fill in. So it was, it was a great way to kind of let you get to know me. A Absolutely. Bit, it was super fun. <laughs> you are a super interesting guy. And I hope that you guys all listen to Beyond Our Comprehension on Thursdays eight from to 8 to 10 with Clem. And uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to play some music. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, we'll be right back here on MutinyRadio.fm.
motherfucker.
Everybody, I am so loud right now. My mic is way too hot.
Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm. But it used to be it. Well, it used to be that the stockkeepers worked pretty freely with the mechanics and the foreman. We'd kind of stay close to each big job and, well, be kind of a free agent. Be sure the fellas had the material and tools they needed in time to keep the job from being held up. Posley pauses before responding, hoping that Maxwell will carry the ball further himself. This does not happen, however. It's uh, different now? Oh, heck, Mr. Hosley, it's no secret that Burkwest has made us a bunch of flunkies just like everybody else in the place. All we do is follow steps one, two, three. We sit in our cages and fill out material orders when the foremen say they want anything. It seems that some rather strong feelings have been tapped. Hosley decides to explore, but cautiously. Tell me a little more, then. I'm not quite with you. It's part of the whole reason why I'm leaving. The individual guy just doesn't count around here anymore. Berkowitz has made us a bunch of payroll numbers, and nobody cares about any of us as persons anymore. On this change in the storekeeper's job, I guess he figures, or somebody figured, that we were wasting too much time by being out on the floor with the men. That isn't the worst part of it. Everything the company has done for the last few months since Berkowitz took over has been to make the employee a working stiff who isn't supposed to do anything unless he's told to. The question now is how much data Maxwell has to support his point. Is this really a well-thought-out observation or a superficial complaint? Could uh, you give me some more examples, Len? Well, like the way we used to order stuff before. All three of us in the pump section could order anything we wanted up to $500 when we knew the job would need it. Now, before we can order anything, if it isn't in the store catalogs, even if it only costs a nickel, we have to get approval from purchasing. since it's a pretty small department. But still, I have a lot more to say about how we plan our research projects than I have here at Taplow. Barker notes that this last comment was freely volunteered. That is the fact that Stevens would have more say about things. Is this perhaps significant? To get some expansion, he just restates what Stevens said. You'll have a bigger part in running the show. Right. I guess that's something everybody wants. Barker stays silent. This often produces additional information or show of feeling. At least it's something I'm looking for. Barker has the message pretty clearly now. If Stevens wants to expand on the subject, Barker will cheerfully and understandingly stay with him. But there's no point to Barker's keeping it going, since for his purpose, he's had enough of a picture of Stevens' need for power and authority. I see what you mean. Say, Jack, getting back to Taplow, what did you think about the salary we were paying you here?
right shoulder. Try to lean it over as far as you can. Bring it up straight. Lean to left.
Fucker. Fucker. Close the lips. Place air in the right cheek. Now switch the air from right to left. Switch it back. back and forth. Now roll the air around in your mouth like you have marbles. Now frown. Relax. Frown again. Wide smile, mouth either open or close. Relax, smile, relax, smile, relax, smile, relax. Now tangle the face with the fingertips quickly and lightly. These exercises are not guaranteed to produce extreme beauty, but they will add to the youthfulness.